0: The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
2: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Heat Versus the
0: World podcast. And now,
1: stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe.
3: What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. With me always, I got some guests. First, we got George.
1: What's up, guys?
3: And then right after that, we got Brian.
2: What's up?
3: Then Ange. What's going on, guys? And then last but not least, Kevin. Yo. All right, so let's get right to it. So, so there's been a lot going on. So basically, last game, as a lot of you guys know by now, the Heat went into Phoenix and they took care of business. This game also without Bam and Jimmy, Miami played freaking amazing. So to those who want to check out the stats, let's see. You got Tyler Hero with 33 points, five rebounds and three assists. Duncan Robinson with 27 points. Eight three-pointers made, by the way, and four rebounds. Kyle Lowry with 14 points and 13 assists. Max Bruce with 14 points, four three-pointers of his own and four rebounds. PJ Tucker with 13 points, seven rebounds, and three assists, and Caleb Martin with 10 points and four rebounds. This win improved Miami's record to 25 and 15. And as of right now, they currently hold the three seed in the Eastern Conference right now only being behind, obviously, Chicago and Brooklyn. Miami also solidified that three seed last night's loss by Milwaukee. So let's see how the Heat can keep on going and potentially move their way up in the standings. So now that we got that out the way, how do you guys feel about the Heat's performance this past game? Start us off, George.
1: Yeah, it's nothing short of amazing what this team's been able to do when they're, um, when they're shorthanded. It, every week I see this, I, every week I say, you know what, this is going to be the time they finally crash back down to earth and have a loss like we did against um, the Celtics earlier on in the season. But it just never happens. This team is way too strong defensively, um, way more consistent offensively than I ever thought they'd be. It, probably even more than when our starters are in. So seeing that happen is actually, it's good, but it's, it's good for now. But it's actually a scary thought to think that this team is actually higher ranked offensively. I think they're sixth in the entire NBA over the last few weeks, and that's higher than the Heat starters have ever been able to get us. So, I think that's the combination of being able to let let Hero, Duncan, um, Struce and Caleb, and everyone else just let, let them shoot, let them shoot as much as they can, and let them go to town. So, it's been fantastic to see that game in particular was was awesome in every sense of the word. Can't you can't take anything away from the Heat. They, they had a, just a really good offensive first quarter. And then the entire time after that, they just went on runs where you, you just can't stop them. Hero came back and had one of the most probably perfect games from a sophomore player that you can have. Duncan off the bench was way better than started starter Duncan ever was this season, which which is another worry because you're going to figure out who's going to start there now. I, I still think it's Duncan for a while, but if he goes back, if he reverts to old ways, then you're going to, you're going to shake it up as much as you can but as soon as he said there was the uh post-game interview and they asked him um he was getting harassed by pj tucker and the person asked him um you know what's like coming off the bench and, and and the adjustment for that and he missed the whole question and then he goes oh or her was coming off the bench and he goes yeah nah so he doesn't want to come off the bench he doesn't want to come off the bench so it's going to be uh many more headaches for for, for eric spolstra from now on but now, amazing performance. Everyone played well. Everyone played their part. Then Phoenix tried to go on a run late in that game as well. And PJ Tucker and, and Yurt Seven just absolutely killed it. The only downside of that game is that we got to see Chris Silver play. And I've never seen a more inconsistently bad player and, and unknowledgeable basketball player in my entire life. He's like Joel Anthony without the IQ. Um and that's hilarious to say to think about, but I, I can't stand him. But, yeah, besides that, great win. And uh, let's hope we can keep it rolling into the next game.
3: Right. And how about you, Brian?
0: Uh, Yeah, that was a fantastic win. I mean, I went into last night's game definitely thinking that they would lose because the Suns have the best record in the NBA. Um, They've been the best, if not the second-best team so far. Um, The stats reflect that. And, I mean, the Heat are going into that game shorthanded. It's one of those – it's one of those games you, you expect to lose. And like George mentioned, I mean, it's pretty amazing how they've been or how resilient they've been. um The fact that, you know, despite being shorthanded, it seems like with, you know, no matter the combination that they have in the court, they're still able to, you know, pull out these pretty amazing wins, keep the defense consistent, keep, keep the offense consistent. Though um, so I do think, I do think that for this game, uh they were helped out a little bit by the suns (laughs) like the suns played some of the worst defense i've ever seen in my life like they just completely ignored the fact that tyler hero and max truce and doug robinson were on the floor they were like the rotations were terrible uh they went under on a lot of screens they had a lot of miscommunications on defense uh which you know like props to the heat for taking advantage i mean if you're not gonna guard the heat shooters on the perimeter. They're going to make you pay for it. And, you know, that's that's what happened all night. You know, there was really crisp ball movement. Um, you know, the the defense was solid. So, all around, great win. Um, it's not a win, you know, it, I mean, it, it we're being real. Like, I, I don't think that if this team, this version of the heat played that version of the Suns in a series, that they would win. But these are games that you have to pull out the games where you're an underdog, um, where everybody's expecting you to lose. You know, those wins count just like any other. So they're games that you have to win and they did.
4: So
3: props to them. Right. And you, Ange?
4: I'm going to be honest. I turned on the game early into the third quarter. But from what I saw, I was very surprised with the Heat's performance and just to see the high lead we had even that late in the game. It was just great to see, like Brian said, considering that we were playing the best team in the league, if not the second best team in the league at the moment. Robinson was absolutely cooking off the bench, shooting 50% from three and having 27 points. Also, Hero just being the best six men in the league and dropping an astonishing 33 points. And this game overall was just an amazing win, not only because we beat the Suns, but we beat the Suns while they were healthy. You know, they had Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, former Heat legend Jay Crowder, etc. So I'm just glad that the key were able to pull off this win on the road without Jimmy or Bam. And hopefully we can just go into this next game versus Atlanta with that same energy.
3: Right. And how about you, Kevin? Yeah, man, this is just a
2: complete team effort. Um, I feel like everybody for the most part that came onto the floor, did something good and productive for the heat. Um, Like we were saying, you know, Duncan Robinson was hot. A lot of people was talking just a couple of weeks ago about how he doesn't need to be playing like that. He needs to come off the bench. And ever since then, he's just been playing really well. And and for the Suns, like, I kind of agree with what Brian was saying. It felt like, it felt like because they didn't that we didn't have Jimmy or Bam that the Suns kind of didn't take us seriously for a second. But you know, we came out. Max Strus did his thing. Tyler Hero did his thing, especially too. I think he kind of took it personal because you know Devin Booker is one of his idols, and you know when you, when you have games like that, you gotta step up and, and handle the task at hand. That's exactly what he did. With, you know, Thirty plus points and Kyle Lowry. Like I feel like you can't say enough about Kyle Lowry. You know with all the, you know, things going on from dudes entering the health and safety protocols to everybody just dealing with some type of injury. And Kyle Lowry's been that steady voice and and leader on the court that makes plays, makes everybody better, puts people in different situations to succeed. And so I like this one. I'm not going to lie. I did not expect it. But, you know, we took control of this game pretty early, and we didn't look back.
3: And, again, all-around team effort for a nice win. Right. And, George, I know you got something you want to add to it.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna put on my my salty heat fan um, cap for a second, and I was gonna say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, Cameron Payne, you are uh, nothing. I swear that that man tried to injure two players on three in three plays. He 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 went for hero, and then he went for um for Lowry. He tried to to, to undercut him. It, watching a player like that, I, I understand when you're down 20, 25 points. To a team without any of their with with the 12-man injury list, by the way. A 12-man injury list. And you're out trying to injure players with hard fouls after, you know, away from the basket. He wasn't even going for the shot. You rip the ball from his hands, and then you you, you basically nearly try and dislocate um Hero's shoulder. It's just it's uncalled for, and players like that just I don't know, I just can't get behind it.
3: Right. And, you know, something else I want to add that's kind of funny to look at was um, something that happened with DeAndre Ayton. Because I don't know if y'all saw this play, but basically he fouled um, Tyler Hero from the three point line. And once the foul was called, he was telling um, the coach to uh, review it. And what's so funny is not only did the refs ended up reviewing it. But he ended up, DeAndre Ayton ended up getting a flagrant one. Because as you guys know, the NBA recently, well, not recently, but still a couple seasons ago, put out the new rule regarding how you can't be in a player's landing area if they are shooting a three or something like that. So basically, since DeAndre Ayton was in that area while Hero was shooting that three, he ended up getting that flagrant foul. So You know what, it's just funny at this point, but you know, overall, basically what you guys said, this was just such a great win for the Heat, you know, because for Miami to have been shorthanded yet again, and to go and play the best team in the NBA and beat them the way they did it on the road, like there's nothing more you can really say about it. It's just fantastic. So, you know, while we can talk about this win all day, we also got some important stuff to talk about. And that's about this Miami Heat team in general. So like I said, the Heat have been going out of their way and they've been beating teams without some of their best players like Jimmy and like Bam. And you know what? And now people are starting to wake up and realize that we're legit, you know, and it's tough for... Us as Heat fans to see the media constantly sleeping on us, you know, constantly not wanting to give us credit. They instead want to go after these other teams instead. And that's why I have a certain question I want to ask you guys. And by all means necessary, take as much time as you can to answer. And that question is, and I quote, do you think it's time for the national media and basically everyone in general to wake the frick up and, I don't know, maybe acknowledge that the Heat are the real deal? Start us off, Brian. Uh,
0: I mean, I think that if you ask most people, they're going to say the Heat are good. I think it's as far as the national media goes, I mean, I think we have to just consider the marketing aspect of it. Like, the, the ESPN focus is always going to be on – you know, a LeBron James team or, you know, teams in really, really big markets, the Knicks or whoever, just because those teams have the most fans. So I think it's more of a product of that than anything. But I think that anybody that watches basketball is going to tell you that the Heat are good. Like, I don't think anybody can reasonably say that the Heat are a mediocre or a bad team. Um, I mean, there's a real deal as far as being good. That's for sure. I mean, they can compete. I don't think that they're the favorites, you know. I think that going that in the Eastern Conference is still the Nets and the Bucks, and then it's everybody else. The Heat are probably in that second tier, but um, I also think that we have to consider the fact that this first half of the season has been uh, a hodgepodge, like a like just a mess. You know, it feels like basically every day every team is playing with just a, a random assortment of guys. So for me personally, it's hard to. Really get, take anything from that? I mean, not that. Now, I don't think it says that the Heat are good or that they're one of the best teams in the East. But I think that we have to consider the fact that no team has built any consistency. No team has really shown the full, true version of themselves to this point. Everybody's just kind of playing this season day by day. And for me, at least, it's hard to really say you know, that one team is definitely for real because we don't know. We don't really know yet. All we can, for me, it's just like the teams that we basically thought were probably going to be there at the end until I see evidence of consistency or until I see consistent evidence that shows that those guys won't be there. uh, I just, I can't place any team above them yet, but the heat are in contention, man. Like the heat can beat anybody in the East. Um, But I can say that about a lot of teams, so. They're for real. They're good. National media, I wouldn't get my hopes up unless the Heat moved to Los Angeles or New York or something. Just because, <laughs> you know, any story, it's not even just basketball, any story is going to be bigger in the biggest places, right? So it is what it is. Like I said, pe- pe- people are going to recognize how good the Heat are. I'm not worried about it. They'll, they'll be fine. They, they're good.
2: Right. How about you, Kevin? Yeah, I feel like ever since you know, the start of free agency, you know, people should have been, took the Heat seriously. Because, like, I remember talking with some non-Heat fans on Twitter spaces, like, at the end of, like, the free agency over this offseason. And people kept asking me, like, who's the Heat starting for? And I told them P.J. Tucker and they laughed. And now look at him, you know, P.J. Tucker's having, you know, arguably the best season of his career, you know, this year in Miami. So, like, a lot of people question our depth. You know, people were saying we was old going into the season. I remember all the noise and the chatter if you just look at it, all we were really missing was a little bit more depth, which of course we got, you know, different guys like PJ Tucker, Marquise Morris, and so on and so forth, Caleb Martin. But getting a point guard like Kyle Lowry just opens up everything. It takes so much pressure off of Jimmy and Bam to play, make, and facilitate. And it gets, you know, other guys scoring opportunities, like, of course, Duncan, Tyler, you know, Max Drews, Gabe, Vincent. And so, like, I, I definitely think it's time for people to take the heat seriously. Like, what they're doing without, you know, two of their top three players managing to stay, you know, at that three C for now and, you know, have a chance to, you know, climb up the rankings still is nothing short of remarkable. It's only a few teams that can realistically do that. And, honestly, it's probably no more than four. So, like, yeah, he fans should definitely be on a high horse right now. Should they be overconfident? Maybe not, but you still should be confident because, again, like, if most teams lose two of their top three players, I promise you they're going to fall off. You know what I'm saying? They're going to take a big fall off in the rankings – and they're not going to be able to bounce back. But, you know, Spolster has done a, an amazing job with rotating dudes in and out of the lineups and just making it work from Omer your seven to Gabe Vincent to you name it. Max Struess been in the starting lineup for a few games now. So, like, yeah, honestly, I think we're probably the most underrated, you know, contending team in the league right now, to be honest, in my opinion. Ray, how about you, Ange?
4: Absolutely. You know, like Kevin had mentioned, ever since free agency with us picking up Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker – and just knowing we're going to come back stronger than ever after an unfortunate and short postseason, which we shall not speak about. Um, I've had high expectations for my team, and even though some people still might see us as quote-unquote bubble frauds, true Heat fans know that in our hearts that this team has more than enough potential and definitely has what it takes to make it back to the finals, and hopefully we can just redeem ourselves from 2020 and our last season, like I said, where we were cut short because we were swept by the Bucs and actually come out with with this time with the chip and like Kevin had mentioned like with all the accolades and accomplishments we've done without some of our best players like Jimmy and Bam and just other players that have come into play like Robinson and Caleb Martin with them being out for some time with health and safety protocols and injuries have also played a big role this season as well into just come out strong like we have these past couple games against hard teams or harder teams. It's just, it's honestly a great feeling to know that regardless of the unfortunate circumstances that we've had and to still come out strong like we have, it's just a great feeling. And like Kevin also had mentioned, between Spo being able to really maximize these bench players, and he has a tendency of doing that in the past with maximizing bench players and rookies full potentials he's doing with like you said with Omer Yutsevin he's doing with Kyle Guy right now which I love to see Max Gabe Vincent etc so just to know that we're going to come out stronger than ever is just a great feeling and I really have the confidence that the Heat are going to come out on top and hopefully like I said come out with a chip this time and just really redeem ourselves from these past two seasons
3: right and what's your take George
4: yeah um, i
1: I don't expect anything from that from the national media when it comes to Miami you've got um you know you've got commentators from other teams trying to ratio people on Twitter and talking stuff about the hate t- uh, hate culture on you know on Twitter it was hilarious to see but i I don't sit here ever expecting anything from them after last year when you know all the cards were obviously stacked against us is um it's it's one of those things that we just have to play through. We have to prove to them that we don't need their validation. You know, we're, we're fourth in the power rankings from the athletic now. That's all that matters, in my opinion. We're just climbing, 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 getting better and better. The only weakness to this team at the start of the season was our bench. People saying we had the worst bench in the NBA, which is actually hilarious because our bench has literally taken us from fourth to third over the time that Bam, Jimmy... Deadman, Victor Oladipo, all these players have been out. You've got Lowry in and out of games. You've got, you know, all these injuries. Which we, we sit here and we watch what, what's, you know, what's unfolded. And I'm not going to lie, when I saw Bam go down, I saw Jimmy go down, I'm like, this is it. You know, we're going to go ninth and tenth play-ins and then we're going to try and just climb right out of it. But then, you know, we've got guys like Max Struess, Duncan, who has really stepped up, Hero stepped up, Carl guys stepped up, everyone's done their part, O'Meara. Um, you know, it's all credit to Spo. at the end of the day. That's, that's all I care about, but anyone in their right mind would know that this te- this heat team is a, is a, is a contender because the only problem was our bench and our bench is literally better than half of the organizations starting lineups out there. And we proved that on a nightly basis. So we don't even have, the funny thing is we don't even have, we don't even have Victor Oladipo back. If Victor was in um, the whole outlook would change as well because that's another starting quality player who has star potential, who's on the bench and who hasn't even played a game for us. Now, I get he's injured. I get there's a lot more um, protocol with him than there would be for any other players to get in there. But, you know, I, I watch the slander on Twitter. You see that you see the, the disrespect. No one's even talking about us. That, the fact that we have nobody. Tw- we have a 12-man injury list on any given night, and we're out here beating the Phoenix Suns. We did it against the Bulls. We did it against we had, we had the, the full G League roster and a couple of like one or two starters against Milwaukee at full strength and they beat them. No one talked about that. Yeah, people are talking about how taking a big step up, but the Lakers are still trash. No, but you know, they, they have to talk about that five times a day, you know, on every single network, but not the fact that the Heat are winning with a guy from DePaul in Max Struess who a couple of years ago was out of the league. Kyle Guy, he thought that no one was going to give him a contract. He's killed it. You know, Hero, the guy they call overrated, is on fire. Duncan, the guy that was in D3, you know, these players are taking the heat to another level. And this bench is now proving that you just don't need one star player to make a big difference. Now, I say that because we, as much as I love Jimmy, I don't think Jimmy is the perfect first option on any other team. The fact that we can have someone like, um, you know, someone like anyone like Bam, Aldipo, Hero, Dead, uh, Dead, um, Duncan, these offensive guns, and it's all about how Spaldish plays them, what sets he plays, what, what 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 plays he goes with. It's just about getting everything right. But I I love the underdog mentality, the underdog status. Don't talk about us. Don't talk about us into the playoffs until it's too late and we made the conference finals, we made the finals, and then we'll see what happens from there. But I think that in the East, the way it's stacking up now, we are probably tied first. I, I think we're better than the Bulls, beat them twice. I think that we're better than the Nets. I think a lot of teams are better than the Nets, actually. So it's us and Milwaukee at the top and everyone else. So sleep on us all you want. We're coming, and you can't stop us now.
3: I agree. You know what? And we've been on this pod multiple times and talked about what this team is capable of doing. You know, when everyone is healthy. So you know, while it's taking some people to figure this out now, how good this Heat team really is. You know, for us, this is just old news. But you know what? Whether if people don't know yet or whether or not they just found out, it doesn't matter because you know, playoffs are right around the corner. You know, I know it's only January. But the time flies and come April, I know this Heat team is ready to put out a statement for the whole league. So we just got to wait and see, you know. So while we can continue to talk about that, let's now head into this next topic. And it's about something we've seen from these last two games. And that's when the Heat went and started Max Drews over Duncan Robinson. Now, it seemed to benefit both ways because Uh, The game against Portland, Max Struess went and he bowled out. He had a really good game. He seemed really comfortable in everything, and it seemed to benefit him being a a starter. Then, you know, in this last game against Phoenix, you got Duncan Robinson coming off the bench, and he had a really good game himself. He had 27 points. So, you know, now, first of all, let it be known that this is not going to be a permanent thing to those who didn't know already. Um, As uh, some of you guys may have heard, um, Spo basically went into the presser and told the media that the only reason why Strew started over D-Rob was simply because of the fact that um, Duncan was still dealing with being out of COVID protocols. So just to make him comfortable, they decided to have him come off the bench. So with that being said, though. Like how how have you guys felt about this change in the lineup? And if you guys were coach Spill, would you keep it like that, or do you guys think it would be better off with the way how things were before? And D Rob starting and Struz coming off the bench. Um, tell us here. We'll start off with you. Uh, let's see, Kevin.
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, we talked about this before. I feel like we talked about this a couple of different times, but. I, I understand what Spo is doing. Um, I think, obviously, you know, for the past few games, it's worked out plentiful. But I just think at the end of the day, just having Duncan there is just in the starting lineup is just perfect, especially when we're fully healthy. Like the five of, you know, Kyle, Duncan, Jimmy, PJ Tucker, and Bam. I just feel like Duncan plays so perfectly because he's a sharpshooter and you space out everything for guys like Jimmy, Kyle and BAM to operate. And same thing, you know, to PJ to a certain extent. obviously not a sharpshooter, but, you know, Max Drews, you know, give him a lot of credit. Every single opportunity that he's had, he's made the most out of it. I think he does a few different things better than Duncan when it comes to, you know, attacking, you know, off the bounce and especially defending. But, man, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, you can ride the hot hand for now, especially with all the injuries that the Heat are dealing with and, you know, different players being out of COVID protocols. But, I just think at the end of the day, like, especially when the playoffs start, you just got to have Duncan in the starting I man. He's just too good. He spaced out the floor for everybody. And for now, again, we could keep Max Drews. I'm not worried about it at all. I think, regardless of what um, situation he's put in, whether he's the start, he's part of the starting five, whether he's the eighth, ninth, or tenth man, he's going to come in and contribute. He's shown that ever since, you know, last season now. So, um, Again, if you're spot, I'd just say you just ride it out. Wait for Duncan to get, you know, fully back in the game speed and the game shape. And when that time does happen, you know, switch it back. You know, get it back to the starting lineup and bring Struess off the bench. But for now, you know, do what we got to do to get some wins. Right. And how about you, George?
1: Yeah, sorry. Um, There's really nothing that you can say about Max Struess that's been bad this season. I think that he's been a great spark off the bench, someone that really – can get his own offense, which is something Duncan struggled with, with um earlier on in this season and earlier off in his career. Uh in his last 10, he's averaging 20 points, five rebounds, two assists on 42% from three. Uh you know, good good shooting star splits for any any player. But this is from a guy that was not even supposed to be in the league about two years ago. So he's he's phenomenal. Now, me personally, without knowing, you know. Any, anything about the players like when and the way that they've worked out their rotation properly there should be no reason why he shouldn't start over Duncan only because I know only like I know that Duncan's getting paid a ridiculous amount of money and that they need to get the most out of him and I like that but in a competitive outlook um I'm taking Struis because he can he can get his own shot he's got the ability to get his own jump shot and you know he can drive he does everything well. Now, I know it's not probably realistic. It's not in the plans for Polstra at all. But he's really got everything you want from um, like a modern day shooting guard to go get his own shot. Now, if he defended a little bit better, that would probably make his his case more appealing for Spo. But he really doesn't play much defense. Now, now that's not his big. That's not the biggest problem in the world. He's not there for defense. He's there to to shoot his shot. Now, I get that, but. At 25, you need to be working on more than your game than your, you know, your jump shot. So, hopefully, he can go from now and make strides in that that area. I'm I'm sure he's not a bad defender, but I'm sure it's not up to where, um, Spolstra needs it for for a starter. But Duncan is our starter for now until they you know postseason comes around, and I think they'll make the swap to Hero. Hero is just playing way too good at the moment to real like you got you got to reward him in some way. Now, I know he's the sixth man. Get him the award. Let him get the award and then show him that, you know, we've got confidence in him because there's genuine genuine fear among the Heat fan base I see that he would decline any extension because he wants to start. Like, I get that. I get you want to start, but there's got to be – it's got to be a team first out. Look, I think that won't be a problem when it comes to signing, you know, his name on the dotted line. But get him what he needs to do. You know, Duncan, Struz, and Hero can can coexist, but it comes with the cost of, you know, someone's ego and Spolstra actually making the right right call and the right starts and the right nights. But, but yeah, this is a good problem to have. Good problem to have for for Spolstra. Good problem to have for, you know, Max Struz. He just needs to get as many minutes as he can and and prove that he deserves to be in the rotation long term. Mm
3: -hmm. And how about you, Brian? Uh,
0: Yeah, I think Max Ruse has played really, 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 really well. Like, honestly, at this point, I'm saying Max Reus has played better than Duncan Robinson this season. So I don't have any problem with him starting. I think the only reason that he hasn't started so far is because Spolscher is a loyal guy. He wants to get Duncan going. You, you know that he trusts Duncan. And um, I've been uh, – um I don't know how true this is or whether there's any belief uh, in this theory in the organization, but – Duncan Robinson has kind of spoke about struggling uh, psychologically to this point in the season. And I kind of felt like, you know, if he went to the bench and it was a permanent move, then that would kind of wreck his confidence entirely. Um, You know, Duncan Robinson, as we know, has a decently sized contract. And that contract is very useful in trades. And it probably doesn't help your case to trade him if you bench him for – an undrafted guy who was barely playing the, the previous two seasons. So um, by merit, yeah, Max Bruce definitely deserves that spot. He's been playing fantastic. this season. He's essentially been what we thought we would get from Duncan Robinson, um, which if you kind of look at it from that lens, you know, you kind of combine the two contracts of Max and Duncan and divide them by two. It's not that bad, you know, so i you know all props to him he's been playing great i think he has more offensively than duncan as far as shot creation as far as you know getting to the rim and finishing um even as far as you know being able to hit that little mid-range shot that we've kind of been wanting duncan to do um defensively he's not very good but he's out there to score um he has that confidence to score as well so yeah prop props to truce again um I think he deserves a spot. I don't think he'll keep it. I think eventually it's going to go back to Duncan just because of that trust that Spo has in him. Uh, but if 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 it was Max, if he if he continued to start, I wouldn't be mad at it.
3: Right, and you ends.
4: Well, what Max is, with what Max Struess has been doing for our team coming off the bench and now even coming in as a starter recently, he's been amazing, as we all know. And just knowing that we have a decently consistent three-point shooter, and it's always a good amount of weight lifted off our chest. Like, God forbid something ever happens to Robinson. Like, say he gets traded or injured, we can rely on Struce to get the job done almost just as efficiently as Duncan would if not more efficiently than Duncan just from a defensive perspective however I feel like he should continue to come off the bench similar to Hero's role but until Spo and Duncan both usually agree that they feel Duncan is ready to come back off the bench then I would continue to start Struce just because like Brian mentioned Spo still wants to remain loyal to Duncan starting on the trust aspect of it and like he also had mentioned about Duncan psychologically not being in the best set of mindset right now just like in this season and like he also had mentioned that if he were to come off the bench then it would kind of like mess with that a bit so I feel I don't I wouldn't be mad about it if Struce started over Duncan because I also feel like it gives Struess more of a feel I guess you would call it of like how it really is to perform under pressure and to just know that you're you're starting over a player who hit the highest amount of threes in a season. I think it was, I believe it was over 500 threes in a season before Steph Curry, but just knowing that pressure is on you to really, I I wouldn't say replace. I mean, I guess it is replace if you're coming off the bench in place of a player with that big of an accolade, but it shouldn't be too much pressure on Strux because I feel like he's already performed under pressure in those circumstances and those types of moments. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. I I feel confident with Struess coming off the bench and starting over Duncan. So like I said, I wouldn't be mad about it if it was something that Spo decided to put into effect, I guess you'd say.
3: Right. You know what? Because honestly, I'ma just trust Spo, you know, because honestly, I think you can't go wrong with starting either player. I know everyone's been kind of pissed at Duncan and especially how he's played as a starter this year and then seeing the way how he's played coming off the bench. But you know what, whatever Spo goes with, I'm going to trust him, you know? Well, because at the end of the day, he's made all types of decisions regarding who should come off the bench and who should start. And it's ultimately played a good part in how the Heat win these games. So, you know, if he feels that Duncan is better being a starter, or if he's better coming off the bench, then as Heat fans, you know, we'd be crazy not to agree with it. So that's basically all I got to say for that. And now I want to get into the common segment for Heat versus the world, and that's the Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. This is the time where we talk about certain Heat player we feel has been balling out this past week. So I don't want to waste any time. With that being said, tell us who your Spotlight Heat Player of the Week is.
4: Well, to be honest, I feel like he hasn't just been the Spotlight Player of the Week. He's been the Spotlight Player of our season. And I'm just going to go with Tyler Hero because he's been playing out of his mind recently. Like the past game against Phoenix, he dropped 33 points. And I feel like that's just amazing as it is. He shot 75% from three, although he went three for four, which is... He equally as great, but honestly, not just like I said, not just this week, Hero's been performing amazingly, but just throughout the entire season. And we can't thank him enough for that. And all I have to say is if Tyler Hero isn't six men of the year, then just throw the whole award away because he deserves it the most out of anyone, if anything, most improved player. But that's all I really have to say about it. It's just Tyler Hero is my personal spotlight player of the week. How about you, Brian?
0: Uh, for me, it's Kyle Lowry. He drives this team. He's the reason we've been winning these games. Um, yeah, no, like, I think without Kyle Lowry, this team is nowhere near as good as they are. And, and Kyle Lowry allows guys like Hero, Jimmy, and Bam to focus on other aspects of their game that are incredibly valuable, namely scoring. And, you know, he's made, he's made scoring easy for them, but also taking the pressure of playmaking and point-of-attack defense off of their plate um and that's massive for them you know uh so for me it's it's not just Kyle I mean obviously we're talking about this week but just this week I think speaks to his value that he's had the entire season so
2: Kyle Lowry
3: and you George
1: yeah I've actually got two um spoiler plays the week for my first one will be Duncan Robertson I could give it to i seven. I could give it to PJ, I could give it to Lowry, I could give it to Hero. Actually, I, I would I'd give it to Carl Guy as well. But Duncan over the last seven days has really, really improved. Now from going from someone who we've seen go two of eleven from three, um, to go four of seven against um, you know, to go four and seven against the trailblazers and to have an even better shooting night against the Phoenix Suns. Just we just want to see improvement from someone like this. Now, he's a very, you know, a, a player that drives on confidence. You know, he needs confidence. He needs to psych himself up. He's come up with his own, you know, catchphrases this year. He's got the noted one where you know he people said you know are you doubted me. I right, noted. I noted that. We'll see. And then he comes in and drops eight of six, goes eight to sixteen from three, and has twenty seven points off the bench. Um, I I'm I I gotta give him you know some props after just talking about Struce and his case for starting. But, you know, Duncan's a player that we love, we, we need, and you know, we have to respect because out of, out of every player that's come out of that 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 development program, he's been the best story book one. You know, we had him for a season. He was terrible. He was literally the, the worst-rated player on 2K and the worst-rated player in the NBA for one year. And then they transformed his whole game and became – a top three three-point shooter in the league. And there's nothing more that you want from from our players and see them improve and get confident. And, and yeah, that's that's my spotlight play of the week. And
3: then last but not least, you, Kevin. Yeah, my spotlight
2: play of the week is going to be Max Struth. Um, past two games, he's averaging just under 20 points per game. Playing with a lot of confidence, man. No hesitation in his game. Looks like he's been playing with this team for a very long time. Like I was saying earlier, like, whatever role he's been asked to play in, he's done it to a T. whether it's starting or being the seventh, eighth man. Whatever the case is, like, he just steps up. And it feels like, honestly, he's just getting better, like, every few games. You know what I'm saying? Going back to last year, played a little bit. You know, he had that big game in Houston, you know, against the Rockets. And then, you know, he was just like, whatever. But this year, man, it's just like he's taking a whole new step to his game. You know, he gets to the rim. He's a big-time finisher. I think he's way more athletic than people give him credit for. Um, He can finish with with both hands at the rim. And, you know, he's good at hitting, you know, the open shot, you know, contested shots, tough shots. And he just looks like a vet, man. So I I give a lot of credit to Max Struess for just staying the course and not
3: folding. So that's my spotlight player of the week, man, is the Struess. Right. And for me, you know, I'm going to take a different route, and I'm going to say Omer. And the reason why I say Omer is because – You know, the dude's been putting up insane stats from when it comes to getting rebounds. Like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they said that he was the first um, rookie since Shaq to have, like, 15 rebounds in four straight games or something like that. Like, it's literally insane to think about you know like the dude has so much potential and i really feel like he could be a great player for this heat team moving forward and you know because like i said we all know how great this heat development system is so you know if there's anyone miami can turn into a star why can't it be omer so that's how i feel about that and Honestly, those were all great picks. And, you know, to those listening to the pod, we'd love to hear who your pick of Spotlight Heat Player of the Week would be. So if you're watching this from the Five Reasons Sports Network YouTube channel, feel free to comment down below and tell us who your Spotlight Player is. Anyways, so we covered so much on today's episode. I now want to cover this upcoming Heat game against the Hawks. Now, it should be known Miami has had four days off since then, which is really good considering how much the Heat has been through, especially with this crazy schedule. But now the Heat will be playing one of their Southeast rivals in the Atlanta Hawks, and All we know so far is that Jimmy is expected to be out for this game and Gabe Vincent can possibly return as well. I think Dwayne Deadman is questionable too. So with all of this being said, what is everyone's expectations for this Heat game? Uh, Start us off, Brian.
0: Uh, I mean, the Hawks aren't very good. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league, so I definitely expect this to be a Heat W. Not just a Heat W, but I feel like this is going to be the game where where we see Tyler Hero drop 40. Um, he hasn't been very efficient prior. I mean, outside of this last game, he's frankly shot <laughs> like uh I don't know, I want to be nice, but uh I think he's been shooting in like the thirties, which is not fantastic. Uh but I actually think this game is, is he's gonna play really, really well offensively, just because like I said, the Hawks don't play any defense. And if the Suns game was indicative of what happens when teams don't D up on heat shooters, uh I think we're in for a very, very good offensive night. I think it's going to be another one of those nights where basically everybody performs well. Um, And I'm sure that the Hawks are going to have something to say offensively as well. But, yeah, no, I have no confidence in that team. Um, I think it's going to be a blowout. So, yeah.
2: How about you, Kevin? Yeah, I agree with Brian on this one. Um, I I expect a big-time performance from the entire team as a whole. You know, the Hawks. I've been reeling this season, you know, coming off that Eastern Conference finals run last season They're 12th right now in the standings, you know, Clint Capella's regressed mightily. I think Omer year seven should have not a a favorable matchup, but he should have a a pretty good time working out against him. You know, aside from Trey Young and Cam Reddish, like it's just been a terrible year for the Hawks. And I just think, you know, again, like Brian said, defensively, they've been just bad and they were, they've, always been pretty bad but this year it's just been terrible they're just not putting in any effort or fight and so I think Naaman Millen is still in the, in the uh, health and safety protocols too so like it's just been a rough season for them but I just expect guys to just you know take certain matchups not personal but just to their advantage I think most of the matchups that the Hawks have with our guys it's just in our favor because of so many things that we do offensively. but especially like the off the ball movement and trying to get easy opportunities and not really forcing anything we don't play a lot of isolation basketball, so that doesn't help the Hawks out at all. But, yeah, I
3: expect this to be a, a heat win. Man. Right. And then how about you, George?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm just looking at the Hawks uh, injury report now. Gorgie Jenks out. um, John Hunter's out. Solomon Hill, Heat Legends out. You know, get better soon, King. Cam is day-to-day. Now, that's huge for them because he's been their focal point all season, and it's not worked for them, which is great. Um, Clint Bella is day-to-day as well so he didn't practice on tuesday so this could be the you know forget hero dropping 40 we could see me drop 50 rebounds um and and 60 points so let's see that trey young is you know he's in he's healthy he's actually having not a bad season he is an all-star candidate um ever since he dropped 50 on us in um in 2020 he's been very inefficient very poor Against us, you know, we, we force a lot of turnovers from high turnovers. That's with Jimmy. So without Jimmy, it's going to be a very, it's going to be an offensive game. You're going to see a lot of threes taken, not a lot made from 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 their team. But I, I think we should put this away comfortably. I don't really like to do that, but, you know, I don't, I don't like to make the, the predictions. But I think that we've got everything going with us right now. The only thing I don't like is the fact that we've had four days off because I feel like when we have a lot of days off, it works against us in some sort of way. I'm not saying that it's always a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's um it it, it kind of messes with the the rhythm of our players. But look, it's 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 all about you know proving people wrong. Teams like this are, are not easy to beat under any um you know under any circumstance. So you know all I want is for the team to do well and everyone to go out there and try their best. So that's what we're going to see. And it it hopefully leads to a heat W.
3: Right. And you, Ange?
4: Yeah, honestly, I'm hoping to come out with a W. Like George said, I don't want to make predictions and get too comfortable just because of how the Heat can perform based on their inconsistency. But, yeah, no, the mindset I have right now with it is if we were able to beat a healthy Phoenix Suns team by 23, we have no problem going into this game with a decently healthy Atlanta Hawks team. And knowing that we're not fully healthy either, and the fact that we were able to beat the Suns by as much as we did, I'm feeling very confident going into this game. Like George had mentioned, Clint Capella and Cam Reddish are day-to-day, which is pretty big on our end, because like you said, Cam Reddish has been like their focal point, but it hasn't really helped them out that much. And yeah, honestly, just to... Keep a plan simple. I'm confident going into tomorrow's game and pretty confident we're going to come out with the W.
3: Right, because you know what? Basically what you said, Ange, I mean, like, to beat Phoenix the way we did, I mean, I, I don't see why we can't beat the Hawks too, especially because, you know, like you said, Brian, they've been playing pretty trash this season. Uh, honestly, I think Miami will just go in and take care of business. But aside from that, um, we covered so much on today's episode. I think it's time to now wrap it up. Uh, before we do, this is just a reminder to make sure you check out the Heat vs. The World Instagram and Twitter account for more content. Um, the handle is podcast. You can also check out the website at hbtwpodcast.wordpress.com and be on the lookout for our brand new extension show Culture Shock, which is the first Miami Heat pod to feature an all women cast. They just dropped an episode today, so don't miss it. And for more info about that, you can go ahead and follow them on Twitter at CLTR Shock Pod. Anyways, thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you guys soon with another episode. We out. Thank you for listening.
0: And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the
4: World podcast.